WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa. Any opinions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not represent the thoughts or opinions of 90.7 WVUA or the University of Alabama. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of Pulse of the Nation. So a bit of housekeeping before we start off with our newsflash is that the uh, episode about the Republican case for winning 2024 is going to be suspended indefinitely. I'm working on getting that uploaded in the next two weeks and recorded in the next two weeks. The guest I have is still confirmed to be on just don't know when the episode is going to be recorded when it's going to be released because of scheduling conflicts regarding classes and whatnot but that episode is still going down the pipeline i'm just making y'all wait just a little bit longer trust me it is going to be an excellent episode so i think everybody's heard what happened on tuesday but with the motion to vacate i'm not gonna talk about that any more on this episode. I'm going to save that for the next two episodes because I have a lot of thoughts about what has transpired in the House of Representatives over these past several days. Oh my goodness. And it's not the only thing that happened in the House this week because the House GOP's impeachment inquiry against President Joe Biden, let's just say it didn't exactly go to plan. The first impeachment hearing didn't. Like when you have Jonathan Turley, one of your own impeachment witnesses, saying that there, that there is no evidence of crimes committed by President Joe Biden in relation to the Hunter Biden probe and situations of that nature. A senior aide told Melanie Zanona of CNN, quote, picking witnesses that refute House Republicans' arguments for impeachment is mind-blowing. This is an unmitigated disaster. So, like, look, when Jonathan Turley, one of your own academics, is telling you, hey, Joe Biden, there's no evidence Biden committed crimes here, you could say that the House Republicans could have been a bit dysfunctional. Although, to be honest, that wasn't even close to the biggest example of House Republican dysfunction this week. But I digress. So going on to other news stories, Donald Trump will not attend the third debate, the third Republican presidential debate in Miami. I mean, he's dealing with like, what, 91, 92 federal, not federal charges, but felony charges, many of which are federal. So, I mean, if I were him, I would also focus on fighting those charges instead of, you know, going to debates where you're already the presumptive nominee for president from your own party. I mean, if I were him, I would also let the other candidates fight it out to become vice president and probably not choose any of them. So, yeah, I completely understand why Donald Trump's not attending any of the debates. So, uh, speaking of the debates, I don't know, you know, why, you know, because Tuscaloosa was heavily rumored. The UA was heavily rumored to host the third Republican presidential debate. And Miami ended up winning the hosting rights there. I'm hearing some conflicting things about what may happen with Tuscaloosa, if there's going to be a fourth presidential debate that will be hosted here. I don't know. But when I get the, when I get the news about if Tuscaloosa is going to be holding a debate or not, I'll be bringing that news live to you on Pulse of the Nation. Well, maybe not live, but on the podcast, but on our Instagram, Pulse Podcast underscore WVUA, you can get some of the latest news about, you know, latest developments, podcast episodes, and whatnot. So moving into the White House now, the Biden administration, while it's fighting the impeachment inquiry, while it's 
I guess watching whatever else is going on in the House of Representatives from the sidelines, it is also broadening the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to counter anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. It said this you know, last Thursday to prohibit anti-Semitism and Islamophobia in federally funded programs. Eight federal agencies clarified for the first time that Title VI of the Civil Rights Act prohibits certain forms of anti-Semitic, Islamophobic, and related forms of discrimination in federally funded programs and activities. This includes agriculture, health and human services, homeland security, housing and urban development, interior labor, treasury, and transportation. The clarification with Title VI is interesting because it focuses on ancestry, ethnic characteristics, which are the actual perceived, citizenship or residency, protection with discrimination involves racial, ethnic, ancestral slurs, or skin color, or style of dress, foreign language, accent, name, yada, yada, yada. So, so when you have, you know, anti-Semitic incidents hitting a record high in the United States last year, when in 2022, you've got about a 28% increase in hate and crimes and bias incidents against Muslims over the year before. And especially at UA last semester, you had anti-Semitic chalkings, you know, all across campus. You know, the ones that said, like, gay was right and, you know, paying the date of International Holocaust Remembrance Day, essentially mocking, you know, the suffering of the Jewish people during the Holocaust and mocking the suffering of Jewish people, mocking and even supporting anti-Semitism today. And I think it's very interesting to see that this is happening. I think it's very important to bring this more to a local context, given the local events that have happened over the past year. So going on to back to the U.S. House, back to actual legislation proposed by a member of Congress from Tennessee, Andy Ogles, who represents one of the three gerrymandered districts that contain parts of Nashville. This is Tennessee's fifth congressional district. Ogles announced a bill to ban abortion pills nationwide. Pills are the most common method of abortion. And considering that the Republicans got bashed over the head in 2022 as a result of anti-abortion their anti-abortion politics i'm not sure that's the best move electorally although i'm not sure how much certain representatives care about elections and how much they care about you know you know implementing the policies that they want regardless of the cost but yeah certain yeah like electorally questionable, but I'm not sure that anti-abortion groups particularly care. They just want what they see as right. So we'll end this off. It's a lot shorter newsflash than usual because of, I think, as I've said, pretty obvious developments in the U.S. House of Representatives. But a couple of Senate announcements I want to tell you about. The first one is James Craig. He's a police chief in Michigan. The Republican has officially filed to run in Michigan Senate race to replace the retiring Democratic Senator Denny Stabenow. He seems to be an early favorite for the nomination. The two Democratic candidates he'll likely go up against are either Representative Alyssa Slotkin or, or Hill Harper. And Hill Harper has the backing of the Congressional Black Caucus pretty much. So that will be a very interesting dynamic. You will have progressives and the Progressive Black Caucus going for Hill Harper. What happened? Hold on, hold on, hold on. The fire alarm just sounded for about a few seconds there. I apologize for that. We're going to continue reporting here as much as we can. 
I'll get through this a bit quickly. I'm sure the editors will have probably edited out the fire alarm sounds, but we're going to still go. The show must go on, unlike what is happening in the House of Representatives, where the legislative process has been delayed for at least a week. Well, something that isn't delayed is Carrie Lake. She has announced that she is running for the Arizona Senate race held by the independent Senator Kirsten Sinema, which that will essentially confirm your three-way race between Democratic Representative Ruben Gallego, the independent Kirsten Sinema, and Carrie Lake, who is now expected to be the presumptive GOP nominee for Senate. And considering that Carrie Lake already lost a closed gubernatorial contest in 2022, the Trump won electorate against the candidate many people thought was an underwhelming campaigner. I'm not sure this bodes too well for the Arizona GOP, but that's a conversation for another day. That's a conversation for another time because we're gonna end this newsflash here. Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking specifically about the motion to vacate why it was successful, and who shoulders the blame for everything that is going on with the chaos of the U.S. House of Representatives. And the fire alarm has sounded again, and so I think that is a perfect time to end this episode here, and I will see you all tomorrow. Any opinions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not represent the thoughts or opinions of 90.7 WVUA or the University of Alabama. WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa.